Hi, and welcome to Neon Peak. My name is Haley Obright, and I'm your host. I'm an event professional, a health and wellness junkie, and a self-proclaimed boss babe. In just five years, I helped quadruple the growth of the events agency I work for, was named the emerging industry leader in Canada, became a part-time professor, got engaged to the love of my life, started a blog and podcast, and did it all while hitting my health and fitness goals. Now I want to share out all my tips and tricks on how you can also lead an energizing life that's fulfilling and takes you to your peak state. Think of me as your new friend, the one who pushes you, tells you the truth, and doesn't let you give up on yourself. I also have a pretty open door policy, so you never know which guests may end up in the seat beside me. If you want more content like this, make sure to visit neonpeak.ca and of course, subscribe to this podcast. Hello, everyone. Today on the podcast, I have Stephanie for Julie. She is the founder and owner of Original Jeans, which is custom hand-painted clothing line founded in Toronto. Stephanie started OG as a passion project while she was looking for an outlet to channel her creativity from her nine-to-five job. Fast forward four years later, the jackets have been featured on CityLine and Breakfast Television have expanded into the bridal market, and have sold worldwide. With the nature of each jacket being hand-painted, each design is one of a kind and completely unique. Almost every OG jacket is made to order, and Stephanie works one-on-one with each customer to make their jacket 100% exclusive and irreplaceable. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, thanks for the intro. (laughs) No problem. How are you? I'm doing well. It's a beautiful sunny morning, finally, which is great. How are you? I know. It's so gorgeous. I was out for a walk this morning and so many people are out. So I think people are pretty excited that it's uh, it's yeah. finally getting nice out there. For sure. For sure. But uh, it's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. And I always like to tell our listeners, you know, why did I choose to have you on the podcast today? Mm-hmm. And when we think about, again, Neon Peak and being at our peak performance, really creating an environment around us is so crucial to living a life that's fully optimal, that you're living a life of peak performance. And I'm just so inspired by your entrepreneurial mindset and the fact that you still work a full-time job, but that you're doing your own business on the side and keeping that creativity alive. Um, And that's really what I want to talk to you about today. Oh, thanks. That's so sweet. Um, I say the same to you, to be honest, with the entrepreneur. I love the brand Neon Peak. Um, But yeah, no, I love talking about creativity. So let's get into it. All right. Sounds good. So can you tell our listeners, you know, how did you start Original Jeans and what was the first jacket you made? Yeah, for sure. So um, it actually started in 2016. I wasn't planning to start a business it just kind of happened one day where I really wanted to paint something um, get some creative energy out and I think I saw a photo online that was of a painted jacket and I was like I need to paint that right now I just need a painted jacket it wasn't the image that I saw and I painted it um, it said it was a heart just on a jacket it looked like a little candy heart a pastel yellow and I messaged some of my friends I said what do you think I should put in it one of my friends said, write, eat my shorts. So I wrote, eat my shorts. It was this cute little cropped. <laughs> Were they a jacket. Simpsons? Uh, yeah, Simpsons from the fan. Simpsons. <laughs> but it, was, it looked really cute in the, in, the, uh, in the heart. And I sent a few photos uh, to more of my friends. And they were like, that's really nice. And one, one girl said, hey, can I get one? I was like, yeah, for sure. Not thinking anything. And I made her one. 
um, my mom saw me doing this process. She thought the jacket was so great. And she went out and she's like, this is, this is it stuff. And she went out and she bought me 25 jackets. And she was like, Oh my God, mom of the year. Yeah. She was, she was like, you have to paint all these. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not going to paint the jacket. She's like, no, you're going to paint all of them. She's like, I signed you up for a street festival next week and you're going to sell them. She's like, this is what your business is going to be. And I was like, okay. And I like just listened to her and I did it. And I spent a week, it was a summer. So I, and I was in university. So I was in between, you know, I wasn't doing much. So I spent two weeks painting jackets and I went to a street festival two weeks later and someone bought one. And I was, (laughs) I was like, oh my God, someone actually wants my art. Um, I saw the need for it. I didn't want to paint a hundred because I wasn't even sure people were going to buy them, but they did. And it started from there. And ever since then, I, then after that, I made an Instagram, started doing more designs, started taking custom orders and it kind of took off. That is incredible. I didn't even know that that's, that's how it all happened. And so many people, you know, we hear that the biggest roadblock to starting a business is that people have so many reservations. They don't just Mm -hmm. jump in. What do you think helps by just jumping in um, and just getting started, you know, as you look back? Yeah, for sure. I mean, don't get me wrong. There was still hesitations. It took me about three to four months to even make an Instagram and to invite people to follow me because to your point, I did have reservations. And even after selling a few products, it was still hard to really feel like I could jump in there. You know, I sold some at a street festival and my friends like them, but what were people going to think of me that I wasn't as close with or strangers or people a little bit, but then I just took, um, I would say the best way and to make you feel confident is to have a pretty good amount of content ready to go. So you're not struggling every single day, um, which might be a little bit discouraging if you feel like you haven't posted in a few days, um, you know, on Instagram. So take the time, plan out your in my case my designs for my jackets plan out what your pictures want to be what kind of story you want to tell um I think having that backup and will give you a little bit more confidence to really go out there and and finally show your product because you've taken the time to curate it exactly how you want wow that's no that's great advice and I think yes diving in and sometimes ignoring some of the reservations is so important but also having a bit of that plan in your mind and having some things uh, actually started is, is really important as well so you kind of uh you know balance out the risk a little bit yeah exactly um okay so you and i were having i want to tell our listeners mm-hmm. what we were doing before we actually even thought about having this podcast session So I had invited you to a creative one hour session. So I knew that you were someone that was very creative and I just love how you approach, uh, you know, challenges and opportunities so differently than I do. So I set up a one hour creative session with you and we both brought our business ideas and what we were working on and we gave each other really real uh, feedback and direct feedback, which is something I love about, you know, working with you, Steph, is that you're so honest and I, I really want to also encourage our listeners to have that person, find that person that's really willing to give you really honest feedback, but not just feedback, constructive feedback, mm-hmm. some, some thoughts from a completely different perspective on what they could be doing, what they're seeing on your brand. Um, obviously, don't take too many things to heart, but someone that's really has, you know, a different perspective than you, I think it's so helpful. And through that whole conversation, you and I ended up saying, hey, this is a great podcast mm-hmm. episode mm-hmm. to be, you know, doing this podcast together. Yeah, um, I think that's 
a great example um, because I think us kind of feeding off each other is what made it so great. We had no expectations really going into that call. We were just saying, hey, we both need to kind of bounce our ideas off of each other. And exactly what you said is being open and receptive to what the other person is saying. It's not negative. I, I You're saying I give feedback, but it's, it's positive and like you said, constructive um, because I want, I love your ideas already and I want to see from a different from an outside perspective how we can maybe tweak it in what direction I see it going um so I think that for anyone who maybe does want to have a creative brainstorm session with a friend just sit down have a few notes in mind but really don't plan it out too much and just kind of be open to what to what your friend is is letting you know what they're saying yeah a hundred percent and I think it's also embracing the differences you know I have, I grew up with a twin sister and we look at things very uh, similarly. Mm-hmm. We, we come from the same environment. We have similar perspectives on things. So she was kind of my, you know, bouncing board. And I still go to her because no one will give you more real feedback <laughs> than your own sister. Yeah, than your sibling um, for sure. Yeah, exactly. But I, I uh, didn't realize how valuable it was to have somebody mm-hmm. who you really think differently than I do. Even though we both have entrepreneurial minds, we look at problems in a different, mm-hmm. but in our own creative ways. So I think it's finding someone that you can kind of embrace their differences in a really positive way. But uh, coming out of that conversation, what both in you, both you and I realized was how important it is to have your own creative outlet. And what I almost like to call is like a creative playground Mm -hmm. for yourself. You know, as kids, we had a playground, we'd get let out for recess, run around, you know, no thoughts in our head, just have fun and, and have that release. And then as adults, we started almost like restricting ourselves because we're at work and then we have, some people have kids, some people have pets and you're running around and you have all these errands to do and all these Uh check marks you have to, you know, check off your list. Um, So, you know, can you speak a bit to how Original Genes has kind of become your own creative playground? Yeah, for sure. Um, I love what you said in terms of when you were a kid, you kind of just ran freely and you didn't really have a care in your mind where was your, when you're an adult, you have a schedule and you have things to do and to even find, I mean, I know you, you know this, but to even find an hour of your day to do something creative that's not in your, you know, regime schedule is difficult. And I think that's what makes it hard for a lot of people to try to be creative because if they only have half hour to an hour to do something fun for themselves, they want to make sure it's perfect and they know what they're doing. And I think that's a big um, restriction for a lot of people to get started because, you almost feel like you can't play around and experiment because you only have a certain amount of time that you can spend doing these things, right? Um, I think that it's important to take yourself back to when you were a kid and play and, you know, try to make something that even if it's not going to be perfect, know that going into it, it's just for fun. And the result doesn't have to be, um, you know, 100% at the end. I Mm -hmm. host... um, paint workshops and a lot of my friends who I've invited to them they're like I don't want to come because I feel like I'm not a good artist and I was like it's not about having this amazing masterpiece at the end it's about sitting down and taking your mind off you know your busy schedule and just letting your creativity flow and I think people are nervous because they think that their end product is not going to be amazing and they're not going to have the time to perfect it but it's not about that so if you as an adult 
have that mindset going into your creative playground and you want to do something fun, just be open to whatever comes out of it. And the next time you get around to doing it again, you can learn off of what you did before and say, okay, maybe this artistic drawing wasn't my wasn't my calling. I'm going to try a recipe today. And it doesn't always have to be something that's like a piece of artwork when when you think of creative it could be anything it could be sitting down and writing a poem you know trying a new recipe online um and just being open to it not being 100 percent your very first shot at it yes and I completely agree with you Stephanie because first of all I can attest to being one of those people that <laughs> because painting and art is not where my creative mm-hmm. playground mm-hmm. exists my creative playground is blog writing and podcasting anything in the communication space is where I really absolutely love to play around and I get these ideas in my head and I have to write them down and you know when I came to your workshop it's you're so right it was I zoned in it was almost a meditative experience Mm -hmm. and I didn't become obsessed with the perfection of it I just kind of let myself connect with what I was doing which was so much fun And I think it's so important to emphasize when you say, you know, recipes or writing a poem, you know, one thing that I struggled with entering the creative agency world was that I always thought I wasn't creative. Mm -hmm. I always thought people like yourself or other colleagues of mine were very creative. And what I realized is that there's a lot of creative paths that we can take. It's just the obvious ones that pop out at us are art and music mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, your, your classic creative uh, avenues. But writing is very creative. Cooking is creative. You know, again, we're, we're telling a story through all these mediums. So it's finding which is yours and really diving into it. So, again, you have that space to just have no restrictions on yourself. And I think that's what we were both talking about is that when you have your own creative playground, there's no boundaries. There's no boss telling you what you can and can't do. You don't have to go to legal, yeah. double check with exactly. them. Because all of those things, and I, I think you can agree, Steph, they start to drain your creativity over time. First, 100%. 100. I was going to say that too, actually. You brought up a good point. Um, as being an entrepreneur, there's no one that I have to report to. So if I make something and it's not that great, you're the only one that knows that (laughs) you don't have to post it anywhere. You don't have a timeline. Um, And that's the beauty of just, you know, learning what you feel like you're good at is because you can do something and try it again and try it again until you found your, your way to perfect it. And that, yeah. And like, like you said, whether it be a recipe or a blog or a podcast, you can just keep trying. Yeah, exactly. And I think we have to use our workplace as our classroom. Our workplace teaches us structure, Mm -hmm. teaches us strategy. We learn from our colleagues. We learn from the owners of the company. And we learn a ton. Just like kids in a classroom, we need that structure in our life. And we need to perform well in those spaces. But we need recess also. And as adults, it's so important that we create that. So where there is no restrictions, there is just run free and, and because if you only live in a place of rules and guidelines and restrictions, your creativity, your voice will, will at some point be lost in some way. I'm not saying that you can't be creative within a business environment, but I think a lot of people can agree that it starts to fizzle a little bit because you start to add a lot of logic 
and guidelines to what you're trying to do. And you can't fully express what you're really thinking sometimes. Yeah, I, I love your analogies with the kids in the playground, the recess, because I think it just it's a nail on the head. It really it's a great way to express that. Um, and exactly what you were saying, you know, when I wanted to paint going back to that first jacket, it was because I was at a job where I wasn't it wasn't a creative role. It was, um, you know, very much an analytical role where I was sitting at an Excel file all day. And I felt that with like, I felt that in me that I just needed something that was different, that I wasn't staring at a screen. And that's what led me to painting. I wasn't, I never went to art school. It just was what I wanted to do that day. And I kind of like followed my, my path and my feeling that day. Um, And it led me to where I am now. But um, yeah, it's having that recess from your, you know, everyday, from your everyday job, your everyday, maybe if you're taking care of the, the kids, or maybe you're like, running to the grocery stores doing errands and just finding that space where you're going to let yourself run free yeah a hundred percent okay so now we have everyone excited about this (laughs) creative playground and you and I are loving it but they're probably sitting there thinking like how do I get this started so I'm I'm bought in I agree I like what you guys are saying but how do you get started yeah that's it's it's tough when you're trying to figure out okay what are we gonna what am I going to create today? Right. And the summer before I started painting, I spent the entire summer with my friend um, trying to figure out, we wanted to start a business, but we were just trying to figure out what we were going to sell. And this takes me back to experimenting and not being a perfectionist because we were just trying to think of what we were good at. We were both kind of good at crafts. We were thinking, you know, we walked a lot through Bellwoods and people were selling organic um, food and organic jam that they made. We're like, okay, maybe we can make, you know, organic dog food or something like that. And we spent the summer trying and trying and trying. Um, But the way we got these ideas was, I I mean, and now more than ever, that was four or five years ago, but we just saw posts and got inspiration from other people in the community and maybe like local Toronto artists um, just through being on our phones, on Instagram, on Facebook, seeing what people were posting now more than ever, there's tutorials that pop up my newsfeed every single day of, especially when people are at home, you know, maybe they're making this really cool um, DIY flower vase for their home. And I just think that every time I look at a post and someone's final product or either the process, I think, do I like that? Do I want to do that? Um, and if I do want to do that, maybe someday I'll save it. And then on the days where I want to be creative or, you know, if I have some free time on the weekend, I'm like, okay, what did I really like? last week two weeks ago so I think it's important to every day as you're walking as you see things outside that you that spark your interest save them take a mental note um, because you can really find inspiration from anywhere and it's there it's literally in your face every single second (laughs) whenever you have your phone right especially even with TikTok these days there's so many cool trends even those those iced coffees that people are making at home save them. And when you're ready to make them, you have it right at your fingertips and you can easily look up a tutorial on how to even get started. Yeah, for sure. And I would even push it a step further, Steph, and say, actually journal Mm, what you're mm -hmm. finding that you're naturally really interested in and drawn to. So not even just keeping your head, actually starting to write it down. And the reason I'm saying that, I wouldn't have necessarily said that a few weeks ago, but I started taking this course through Mind Valley, which if you have not heard about Mind Valley, definitely Google it, take a look. It's phenomenal. And I took a course with Stephen Kotler. It's called The Habit of Ferocity. It's all about finding your purpose. 
And it's kind of like what you're saying, Steph, about kind of observing around you what you're really curious about or interested in or what's attracting Mm -hmm. your attention. But it creates it in a more formalized format, especially for maybe more logistical people or people that kind of have more need that thought process, which was me. And through that, I wrote, wrote down everything I was naturally curious about, everything I'm interested in, books that I read, podcasts I like. And I actually was able to start making these connections within the list and realizing that there was about three common themes that were coming up at even a list of 50 things. There were still really kind of three umbrellas that all those things were falling under. And from there, that's how I ended up developing Neon Peak because I realized what I was interested in, started looking at what frustrates me too about the world. Like, where do I think people are lacking something? What, what's, what do I think it, people don't have access to? So bringing all of that together through that really hands-on work is what helped me realize that Neon Peak was going to be that outlet for me in which I could help people stay at their peak performance, mm-hmm. be energized, live a life that they're excited about, and also bring together my experience in the events world and uh, kind of tie that all together in a way that it made sense. Because when it was all in my head, it wasn't really coming together. That That's where I think that there mm-hmm. was a bit of a lag. So I think exactly what you're saying. And then I would just encourage those people that kind of think maybe a bit more like my brain operates is actually start writing it down. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Um, and I, I love that you you saw the connection. I think that's really important. And that also makes me think, uh, maybe after you've you know taken a few weeks and wrote, wrote down your thoughts, ask someone who knows you well and say, "This is what I'm thinking. Do you see that as some as maybe you know my brand, or or does that make sense um, for me? What do you think?" And maybe they'll say, "Yeah, that's right." If you told me you want to focus on energizing and fitness and having a healthy mindset, I'm like, "Yeah, that's you. I can see that every day." You know, and if if it took you you journaling and maybe exploring that a little bit more to realize that's the path you want to take that's great. Um, But definitely ask your friends, ask your family, and they'll probably give you some feedback and say, you know, you're also really interested in this. Maybe have you thought about adding that to this mix? And it could open up your eyes a little bit. For sure. That authenticity, I think is so important. Mm -hmm. And you, here's the one thing I know, Steph, you can't lie to yourself. That's for sure. You can't pretend that you like something. You can't pretend you're interested in something. Your subconscious will reject you lying to yourself. Mm -hmm. So finding that truth and then having people help uh, build on top of it is is so critical. Okay, so the the next thing too I want to talk about is you know I the one thing I've observed even in myself or or seeing other people around me is that I think some people start out with a goal so big that they don't actually start at all, and you know I think you can even talk to this. I mean, other than the fact that your mom bought you 25 (laughs) jackets right off the bat, but you started with one jacket and I started with one podcast episode and one blog article, you know, can you, can you speak a bit to that and how you feel taking maybe, do you agree with taking baby steps or larger leaps? Like how do you balance that for yourself? Yeah, for sure. So like you said, my mom did buy me 25 jackets. Um, and bless her that I'm so grateful for that, because that's definitely what got me started. Um, but I do agree with the baby steps, because, you know, having these giant plans is overwhelming, exactly what you said. Um, and overwhelming plans also require a lot of financial 
you know, input as well, uh, which is also scary. You don't even know if your product's going to sell yet. So start testing the waters um, before you really dive in there. But like you said, I did start painting one jacket at a time. And even though my mom bought me 25, I did look at each jacket one by one. I was like, okay, today I'm going to paint this one. I have this really amazing idea for one. And I did it and I practiced and not everyone was a winner, but some really, really stood out. And it was about taking my time, really, you know, thinking about what I wanted to, to paint in uh, that day, what I was feeling, um, but taking it day by day and not overwhelming myself and saying, okay, what am I going to do if none of these sell? Doesn't matter. We're going <laughs> to wear, yeah, wear a lot of jackets. <laughs> we're just going to try it. Um, you know, do what you can. I tried to make every single one as, you know, as best as I thought it could be in my mind, but it was about looking at it one by one and, you know, the next day, okay, now what does my collection look like? Okay. Now that I, you know, I did that street festival. Now let me start the Instagram. And it was taking those steps, making sure everything looked good along the way, definitely helped me um, not be overwhelmed and kept me going and kept the encouragement going. Yeah, no, that that's, and I think you have to preserve the fun part because there will come a day where it is more established as a business and you are dealing with the administrative tasks. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you'll always look back at those early days and, and remember them fondly, no matter how hard they were or tiring they were, but that's when you got to be your most creative and authentic to yourself. Um, so my question for you now is how did you know that original jeans, like at what point were you like, Oh my God, this is actually a business, not just a hobby. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, when I first started, like I said, it was just to kind of get my creative energy out there. And I honestly, I remember, remember even saying this, I'm just doing it for fun. You know, there's no way painted custom jean jackets are going to be a trend in four years that this obviously has an expiry date. I, it wasn't until last year that I was still selling more than ever. Um, and I was like, okay, maybe this isn't just a hobby anymore. You know, it's, there's been a demand for three years now. Um, there's potential, there's potential here. So it was realizing that there wasn't, you know, that there was still demand three years later. And in the, every single year, I feel like Instagram is growing um, even more and there's new features coming out. And now Instagram, you know, I made my, my page, a business page, and there's so many features that you get you can now add products into the feed and you can tap right there and shop in the app. So once you started having that, my page looked a little bit more, you know, legitimate. It looked like a true business page. I was like, this is where my energy is going to go right now because Instagram is just making it so easy for me. It's, you know, you don't even have to really <laughs> code anything these days. It's, it's all there for you. And um, if the demand is there, I would say just keep riding with it as long as you can, um, you know, and, back to your point earlier about what you were saying is taking it one step at a time and not, you know, investing too much at once is because you don't even know where your business is really going to pivot. It was actually your idea when you said, you know, why don't you start hosting workshops? Because that's been really trending lately. People love learning things themselves. And I started that. And that was something that, you know, I didn't even think my business was going to go, but I was open to it. And I saw the interest there as well as hosting painting workshops. And it's really about following your audience and seeing what they're interested in. Um, So always keeping your, uh, always keeping your ears open for sure for that feedback. And really, you know, as much as you're doing this for yourself and having that creative playground, you're also servicing a client base that you're passionate about. So hearing what 
they want, you know, is, is going to create that synergy, which is going to feel really good as well. So listening to them is, is so critical. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And, um, and pivoting where necessary, you know, I started those workshops. I was really excited about them. And then obviously the situation, um, in the world happened and I said, well, people still want to paint. So what are we going to do? And then I took it virtual. So just being open and not really letting hurdles get in your way, um, is kind of how I felt that I was still, still, still able to establish my brand all these years later. That's amazing. And Steph, can you tell our viewers how many jackets have you actually sold during quarantine? You actually saw a spike in your sales. I, and remember, these are unique custom hand-painted jackets. Yeah. Let's, let's emphasize the hand-painted because it, it, takes it, takes it takes a while. It's not just, you know, printing them. Um, I think I'm at above... I'm close to almost 40 since quarantine started 40 custom order. I haven't painted that much in the last three years. I don't think. (laughs) That is incredible. So not only has this become a creative playground for you, but it's also kind of been that pillow to land on too, when things got a bit shaky and having that extra layer of kind of comfort that you can fall back on, because I think a lot of people fan themselves at home not sure what to do in this situation and you were immediately able to kind of put all that funnel that energy into something that was really positive and inspiring and and fun for you instead of not having something to go to and and thinking maybe more negatively and and more fearful you were able to just kind of target that energy in a positive way yeah for sure and you know I'm grateful for that every day I'm grateful that I had this established before quarantine started but that's not to say that even if you didn't have something, still don't have something started, you can't start at any point because you can. Um, and now, you know, you might find yourself with more time. So what better time than the present to test out those recipes that you wanted to try, start experimenting um, because, you know, we, ha- we have the time now and it's before we know it, life will go back to its crazy state as we knew it before. So I was fortunate enough that I had the business established, but if you, if you don't have that for yourself yet, why not start now? Yep. A hundred percent. And Steph, I'm going to be honest with you. My bigger fear during quarantine, and of course the health uh, issues going around the world is, is a, is a big fear of all of ours that we shared, but my bigger fear uh, coming out of the quarantine side of things was that I wouldn't achieve enough with the time that I was given. And I think it's kind of an interesting way to look at it because I thought, you know what, this isn't a great situation, but you can always make lemonade out of lemons. And and that's really a truth as cheesy as it sounds. And the last thing is that I wanted to look back and think, you know what, I had control over some of this situation and we're, we're a little bit the opposite because you had original jeans before. So you were able to really get hands on it. And, and it's amazing that you were able to kind of thrive with it through this uh, situation and, I actually created Neon Peak during quarantine. Mm-hmm. So I think we're both able to share, hey, it's possible before, during, and even after this that you can create something that's, you know, your own creative playground. Okay, so if uh, if our listeners want to find you on Instagram, because Stephanie has an amazing <laughs> Instagram account, even if you just want to look at it for some artistic inspiration, Stephanie, where can they find you on Instagram? Yeah, for sure. So it's at originaljeans underscore T-O. Um, the important thing to note is that genes is spelled like genetics. So play on words there. So original G-E-N-E-S underscore T-O. 
you can find my handle there. Send me a message, even if you just have a question or want to say something about the jackets. I'd love to hear any feedback. That's awesome. And I'll throw your Instagram handle in the notes of this show as well. Perfect. And I think one thing that everybody always wants to know, especially when you're starting something new, how did you come up with the name Original Jeans? Yeah, uh, actually, that's a funny story. Um, it actually started as Good Jeans. And one of my best friends gave me that that idea. Um, but after having it as Good Jeans for about six months, it was Good Jeans underscore T.O. Someone created a Good Jeans underscore NYC um, in New York and completely copied the brand. Um, it wasn't until I, you know, I was pissed when I saw that and I was kind of felt like <laughs> my work was stolen. So I looked into the name a little bit more and, you know, Good Jeans is already copyrighted. And this was at the point where I wasn't even taking it seriously. So I was like, okay, I need something new. And because that person, you know, took my brand, took my idea, I was like, this was original. This was an original idea of mine. Like, how could someone just take off, rip off my work? And then I came up with original and I kind of love the short form of OG and, you know, these are original jackets. These are OG jackets. And it, it kind of just fits. So I changed the name to original jeans. And that's why the whole brand is about being yourself. That's so <laughs> awesome. I love that. It's like the name's now like a security fence yeah. for your brand. And uh, I actually like the pivot to original jeans. So I think that all worked out yeah. for the best. Me too. And Okay, so... Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, and that girl no longer runs her account anyways. So it, it all it all worked <laughs> out. <laughs> well, it's, it's, the uh, entrepreneurial life is not for everyone, no. but I'm glad that you, that Original Jeans is doing well. And Steph and I are actually going out on a photo yeah. shoot. Just again, super fun, creative, no expectations. No. Doesn't have to be perfect, but we're going out on a photo shoot this weekend. So you may even see some photos of us up on her Instagram, up on uh, Neon Peaks website, which you can always find us at www.haleyobright.com. Uh, so please look out for that. I think we're going to have a lot of fun stuff. Yeah, and again, we, I think Steph and I can both speak on this unanimously. Get creative, find a creative partner, and just start testing and learning. And you might realize how freeing it feels to have your own creative outlet, whatever that is for you so thank you so much Steph for being Thanks, with us Haley. on Neon Peak today and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon bye thanks for tuning in to today's episode if you like what you heard make sure to hit subscribe and leave me a quick rating and review because good energy is contagious if you want to say hello you can always contact me at neonpeak.ca and remember to hit your peak performance you got to wake up kick ass and repeat. You got this.